Welcome to Multidimensional Mom, the podcast. I'm Stephanie Donovan. And I'm Sarah Malloy. And if you're lost in the midst of momming or just the wild chaos of everyday life, we're here to help. Anything from momming to the mystical, we've got you covered. Come along as my real-life bestie and I explore all the different things about mom life, midlife, and the great beyond as we celebrate the elements that make us unique as moms and as women. Because you're multidimensional and we are too. We're going to discover our magic and help you embrace your own. Hello. Greetings. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Surviving. That's surviving. Yes. Let's put that yes. over on surviving. Surviving. Not that yes. yes. I understand. We are here today to talk about a topic that no one can see and nobody talks about. (laughs) Nobody can see it. Nobody can hear it. Just us. We all know that moms have all kinds of superpowers and we are all about harnessing and celebrating those, both the practical and the mystical, but there's one that we don't always talk about. Have you ever felt that once you have kids, poof, you disappear? You're the one who's supposed to take care of everyone, everything, feed them, clothe them, schedule them, discipline them, know what's going on for everyone in your house, but your shit doesn't matter anymore. Yes, we fold a couple of amazing articles that talk about just that, the invisibility of motherhood. So put on your cape and let's go. I can't even see you. (laughs) I love this topic. And there's a bunch of articles on it. There are. I was just watching like Top Chef the other day mm-hmm. and it was so interesting. And actually, um, I talked about the same thing with a woman who did the challenge, Ayana, the challenge uh, oh. when we interviewed her on um, the first season of MDM. Right. So about how you have kids and suddenly you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you just, and that's literally the words they used. I, this woman on Top Chef was saying, she's like, well, I had kids and suddenly I, I, I lost myself a little bit. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't have time to throw into my career anymore. Like I, I lost myself. Yeah. And it's such a common thing that happens. It is. I don't think there's any easy solutions, but it's definitely something that I think is worth talking about. It is. It's something that I feel like it's, it's something that's an ongoing thing too. You know, it's something we're all, we're going to be until they are out of the house it we're forever going to be exploring this. So, and, and maybe, maybe it'll look different as the kids get a little bit older, but it's still, it is absolutely worth discussing this because I feel like we're all going through it and nobody's, nobody's saying anything about it. Yeah. I've heard it talked about in a couple different ways. I've heard um, the invisible load of motherhood and that's more like Mm -hmm. all the tasks, all the things, all the mental chaos going on in your head to make everyone do everything. Like you're orchestrating it behind the scenes. Sure. And we'll talk about that a little bit. I've heard it talked about as, oh, the default parent, you're the primary caregiver, like you are responsible for everyone and everything because it just naturally falls to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've, yeah, I've heard it talked about in a couple different ways. We pulled two articles. The first one's more like health wise, how that happens with mothers. Like once you have a baby, it's, that's it. You're done. (laughs) Your body's gone through this trauma, but actually just live on with whatever you were doing before. Right. Just go. Carry on. Yeah. As if you don't have a, a gaping wound that's healing inside you. That's fine though. Oh. It's normal. 
And then the other one I think we should really dive into, which is from Psychology Today, which is one of my favorite places to pull articles, and it's called Motherhood, the Invisible Profession. So we will link these on the show notes, but let's kind of just jump into the first one a little bit, the invisibility of motherhood. And this is from Alexis Reed. It's from 2020, and I pulled it from ecochicmovement.com, and it was actually a blog. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's the point I love. When you are pregnant, everyone is interested in how you are feeling, how far along you are, how big the baby is, if you're feeling movement, if you're sleeping, the list goes on and on. (laughs) Mom and baby are treated as a unit and there is an equal interest in both. Many moms will say when it comes to healthcare, as soon as the baby is born, there's this focus that shifts. Everyone wants to hold the baby, visit the baby, take pictures with the baby, and very few people ask mom anything about herself. The few people who do often are new moms themselves who clearly remember the lack of care that they also received. Postpartum is a phase that is largely forgotten about in North American culture. Sarah, go. Oh my (laughs) God. Sarah's going through it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm in the middle of it right now and it's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that comes along with this when it comes to the health aspect. I, I forget that I've just gone through this trauma. It's not that I'm not feeling it, but it's as though I have to make excuses for it all the time. You know, if I'm, if I'm feeling, you know, three months along, say with, um, and, and as a reminder, gentle listeners, I do, I have a five month old that's in the other room with dad right now and a seven year old, but the new one is the one that's, you know, kicking my ass right now. Three months postpartum, I was already asking myself, like, why don't I, why, why am I so tired? Why am I so tired? Three months postpartum as though it's not completely right. Oh, right. Cause not I'm not sleeping. sleeping. Not only am I not sleeping, I'm constantly feeding, you know, fr- with my own body, yeah. um, trying to catch up on eating when I can. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. But the fact that at three months postpartum, I was, I was asking myself what was wrong with me. That's, that shouldn't be right. You know, it shouldn't be. And it's something that, I mean, yes. And you go to your doctor after six weeks and they check everything out and they make sure that you're, you know, that you're all good. And they, you know, they put you on birth control just in case you don't want to, you know, cause you don't want to have another one right now. And I mean, not that I, it just cracks me up that they think you're going to be having sex. Let's go Here, on birth control. Go on birth control. It's like, I have a gaping wound. <laughs> I don't, what, what is are you that? Talking I don't about? even know. I don't know. I don't even know how many stitches are down there. What are you talking about? Like, I can't even know. I can't even think about that right now. Yeah. And that's, and that's interesting too. Actually, you bring up a good point. Just that even within the healthcare system, there's this thought that like, oh, well, obviously you must be bouncing back again well enough to be able to, to do this. Well, the article states in other cultures, mom is typically looked after, brought food, supported in our culture. She's often left alone with her partner to figure out how to breastfeed after having gone through either major surgery or a vaginal birth, both of which leave you with a wound the size of a dinner plate in your uterus. A dinner plate? Under, yeah, is that that lovely? dinner plate. That's <laughs> a great image. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, continue. I apologize. I just, I, I had to take a breath for a second. Okay. Under normal circumstances of an injury like this, you would be able to rest and recover. Not so with a newborn. Newer policies have you leaving the hospital 24 to 48 hours, even after a cesarean. 
Yeah. It, and here's the thing. Most of it is just duty. I mean, what are you going to do? You have a thing that has left your body that needs you every moment. It doesn't really matter your injuries at that point. Like you've got to do it. But I think that attitude carries over. It's like, we suck it up and deal with it. Well, you have to, obviously the baby is most important. We got to do this, but then you go into life that way too. Correct. And it's something that yeah, there's, there's instinct that takes over luckily. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there is an instinct that takes over and you, you know, that you have to care for this thing, but, but right. The idea though, but who's taking care of me? I mean, it's no wonder that, you know, however many, the species before us only lived to be like, you were old as hell. If you made it to 25 years old, like no <laughs> wonder, geez, cause we just, there's no way. But, um, but the, I think that the, the idea that, and, and let's talk about this too. So we talked about the wound the size of a dinner plate. The fact that I didn't even think about the fact that you've got a wound the size of a dinner plate, that wound itself is invisible. <laughs> so, right. I mean, if you can't, there's this like idea that if you can't see it, it must not be real. You know, it must not, you must not right. be really. And, and we as Americans are very, very bad at dealing with invisible diseases, disorders, anything, you know, so this is still very much a physical, physical wound that you have, but you can't see it. So you're probably fine, right? It, it really is remarkable. And, and the idea that a woman is just supposed to, okay, you did the thing. Great job. Bye. Yeah, you know, it, it, we're just sort of sent off on our way. And then and then there is this of course, there's the, okay, but what do I do now sort of panic that sets in, but, but there is, cause if you do get sick, I mean, what if your partner is working? What if you have another child that you're trying to care for on top of this? What it, you know, there's so many things that, that we as a society are not built for what we are supposed to be doing biologically. Um, and there's something to be said too, about a partner who um, there, there is a study out there. There's a whole entire science of biological psychology, I think is what it's called. I would love to look into this further where, you know, things that your partner either does or does not do for you in those first days, hours after giving birth, if you're feeling supported or not, can be, can make or break a lot of times how your relationship progresses moving forward. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. much of it. So if you, if you have a partner that is, it can be with you and that can take care of you and that, you know, is able to help you through this, but how many of us have partners that are also working? So if we don't, if we are trying so hard, we're working against our biology. Yeah. And they're not you know? given leave. That's not like, they're not policy. given leave. No, no. I and mean, there's a lot of single moms given leave. and they're, yes. yeah, yes. And it's not something that I hate when people assume well, your mom will be with you, right? Uh, like, oh, your mom will be at your house. Like, no, nope. That's no. It's not. That's, that's not. It's not an not, option. No, that's not the case for everyone, and it's not Correct. the same way for everyone. Right. Right. And and that assumption that that it'll just sort of happen. You know, I mean, and I suppose it does. We all have to find a way to do it. But wouldn't it be nice to just? give a little extra grace and take care of each other. Now, I will say, um, you're still taking care of me. <laughs> you're the <laughs> one person in my life that I, you guys, I will go over to Kirby's house. Yes, Kirby. We, we, we be covered a, it. A good listener, and we've covered it. <laughs> I'll go to Kirby's house, you know, or Kirby will be like, oh, I'm in the neighborhood and I have soup for you. What? 
okay, sure. I will take your soup. <laughs> and she comes with this giant canvas bag of like, Tainers. you know, six different kinds of, it's just bulging with all of these homemade soup. And it's the greatest thing in the world. It really is. Cause it's like, Oh my God, as I personally, I'm really bad at meal planning. I just am. I'm not, I am not a meal planner. So the fact that suddenly I don't have to put in that effort for at least, you know, the next several days is so nice. My yellow it's blue so aura, nice. I cook for people, but that's what that's it, is. it is. Okay. But do you know what? It's also like, it doesn't stop right when you get home from the hospital. There's no. the four month sleep regression. There's news teeth. There's you're still up all night dealing with two kids. It's still hard. And people tend to yeah. just bring something over for mom or a gift or whatever, like right after. And then they just actually just want to see the baby and yeah. Oh, and yeah. then they forget. And to me, it's like, just do something. A lot of people say, Oh, let me know what I can do. But are you really going to let them know? Like it's kind of a cop. I would just assume to just do it. Right. It's, you I know. think, and granted that's our relation. I mean, we're very close, so it's not like yeah. I'm cooking for everyone on the block, sure, but sure, sure. No. And, and I think there are, there are certain things because you're right. There are some people that would be like, well, I'll just, I'll come over and I'll, I'll do, you know, a load of laundry while you, you know, whatever, take a shower or do whatever you got to do, you know, while the baby's sleeping, I'll do, I'll do some stuff for you if you need to, but am I really going to call over my friend to like do my laundry for me? Like, really (laughs) I think and it's and it's again and it's very well-meaning it's very sweet it's very well-meaning but again it's like well I gotta do the laundry for four people so it's just we might I might as well just do it and I'm the one that's here so I'll just take care of it you know and again I think so much of this is coming from a place of place of well-meaning it's a place of we need to take care of each other we need to have our village we need to have our tribe we don't live in villages and tribes anymore we don't And it's just, it's, it would be lovely. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, what if I did live in just a commune with other moms? We could all just take care of each other's kids and just do everyone's life. The sister lives. I kind of love that idea. Proven to fail. Yeah. No, I just look at it and go. I know. It's just a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. And it is. And again, I'm five months postpartum now. And here I'm still asking myself, what's wrong? Why don't you have the energy to go get on the exercise bike the way you did? Well, because you know what? The baby's teething now. I think especially in that first year or two. Well, the first year, there's so much that happens with them developmentally on a neurological level that like we can't, we can sort of see the patterns and we know that they're there, but it's you know, science tells us that these things are going to, these milestones are going to start happening. You're going to start seeing these things, but nobody, again, that's the focus on the baby. And this is what happens when the baby is going through this, but how am I supposed to cope with this? Well, and I want to say too, I mean, we can move on from the newborn stage, Mm -mm. but my sister warned me when you get back from the hospital and you've got the baby, there are going to be people that want to come over and they'll hold the baby for you. Absolutely. Great. So right. you, with your postpartum issues, you're supposed to like not be doing a lot of work because of blood loss and all this stuff, stitches and don't climb the stairs. You run around and go do the dishes and put away the groceries and do your laundry and take care of the other kid. In. And I'll just sit here and hold your baby. And my sister was like, see if you can reverse that because people come and that's what they think is okay to do. And like, no, you sit down and hold the baby and they can go unload your dishwasher, this, that. It's just, 
And it's hard to think about that. You almost have to make, make it a thing, right? Like reverse that psychology. You do. It's, it's true. And it's hard to do because that's what people, it's like you, you worked so hard for all of those months carrying this baby for other people to get the reward. You know, yeah, in those because in those first what do people weeks. say when they come over? Oh, I don't want to talk to you. Give me that baby. Give me that cute little baby. Mm-hmm. Forget about you, mom. Yep. And it's yep, not like exactly. I'm like, oh, we need attention. Like that's not what I'm saying. No, not at all. No, I would rather not have the attention actually because yeah. <laughs> I look disgusting and feel disgusting <laughs> right now. But thank you. But it's just the idea that the other thing too. I mean, we are we are supposed to be, I keep going back to biology, but it's so true. We are, that's the time we are supposed to be bonding with this baby. We are supposed to be sitting there making this connection with this little human. But if, you know, your great aunt is coming over to do that because they just want to hold the cute little baby because they haven't in a long time. So, so yeah, I'll do this favor for you. Is it really though? No. And most of the time I was entertaining those people. Oh, what can I get you to drink to eat? I'm running around because now there's company over. Yes. Yeah. It's company. I have to entertain now. I have to, where's the, where's the cheese and crackers? You know, (laughs) where are they? Where are the cheese and crackers? That's going to be a thing I say now. Where are the cheese and crackers? (laughs) You know, I'll be right on it. I I know you would be. heard about She's Birdie yet? Look, if you're a busy mom like me, chances are that you're getting your jog in in the early morning or walking your dog after dark. Or honestly, even if you've got your hands full in a parking lot with a baby and a kid and a grocery cart, an extra layer of security in all of those situations can keep you much safer in the case of an incident. She's Birdie is a -a one-of-a-kind personal safety alarm that comes with a solid brass keychain, so it's easy to clip onto your keys, diaper bag, dog leash, or whatever. You activate it with a quick pull, and it emits a 130 decibel siren and a very distracting strobe light. If you're looking to get attention, this is it. She's Birdie was invented by two moms who wanted peace of mind if their daughter's off at college, and we get why. It's easy to use, lightweight, travel approved, safe to use at a distance if you feel uncomfortable, and unlike mace or pepper spray, you won't have to fumble with a nozzle or wait until someone is close enough to use it. The original Birdie is perfect for all we mentioned. Plus, you can now order the Birdie Plus if you prefer, which comes with a subscription service, a live rep 24-7, and an excuse to leave call if you're looking to get out of any situation. So two options, one great product. Join our flock. Go to she'sbirdie.com and enter our code MULTI15, M-U-L-T-I-1-5. You'll get your Birdie at a 15% discount. You'll be helping the podcast. Also, it's important to mention that She's Birdie gives 5% to organizations working to create a world where women are safe. Order yours today. So, okay, this one, Psychology Today, Motherhood, the Invisible Profession. Let me just give you the author info. Mindy Greenstein, PhD, is the author of The House on Crash Corner and Other Unavoidable Calamities. She is a clinical psychologist specializing in cancer and aging, as well as a national speaker, writer, mother, and fellow cancer patient. She has the title of psycho-oncologist. I thought that was such an interesting mix of education and experience. And she writes, the hardest job I've ever had is being a mother. And I'm just going to read the intro part and then we can get into it because 
She puts it in a way that we have been talking about, but is not often said. In the course of my life as a psychologist, I've worked with drug dealers, gang leaders, and heroin abusers, people who were suicidal, homicidal, psychotic, or all three, AIDS and cancer patients fighting for their lives. But without question, the hardest job I have ever had is being a mother to my two boys. It is also the most gratifying, and yet I often feel I have nothing concrete to show for my efforts. I can't put it on my resume. I don't get a pat on the back for giving lectures about it. I don't get tenure for it. I can't even get good stories out of it when talking to members of the quote-unquote real world. It is, in fact, the most invisible, undervalued job that I have ever had. Did you know, and the, the number on this changes, I'm actually, I'm looking at an article right now, a separate article. It's, it's a gobankingrates.com. It's all about, you know, economists studying different things. But this particular article oh, I've heard states yeah. that uh, the wage that a mother should earn, because essentially the amount of hours, right, and the amount of jobs, it's not just one job. It's all of the jobs we should be making. Right. Well, and this 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 particular article says it's over. I mean, it's a six figure number, one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars a year. There's another one. Salary.com actually claims that all the work that we do is is like one hundred and eighty four thousand. Once you factor in the the idea that she's literally the CFO and the C, <laughs> yeah. COO of the house, you know, it's it's I mean, uh, and then, and then look at the last two years, the it's pandemic only worse. Yeah. And add a teacher into that. Oh yeah. It's only gotten worse. I mean, it's made, it is, it is staggering the amount of work that is put into this. And yet stay at home moms are viewed as dependents. Yep. That's how the U S government would say that's categorize it. Yep. Women who allow motherhood to overshadow their careers are quietly and sometimes not so quietly scorned as betrayers of feminism. Others who maintain their careers often have a double life fitting ceaselessly between their two jobs, trying to keep the stress from showing, perhaps to the willing self-sacrifice that is one of the hallmarks of motherhood further helps people in the outside world take our many labors for granted. Yes. That is. And that's what I'm talking about too, that whole self-sacrifice. And it's sort of like, I think almost a, a part of tradition. Yeah, it, That was what was expected behavior maybe decades ago. Yeah. Like it's this idea of grin it and bear it. I've yes. heard people say like push through Ugh. or just, you know, this, but then here's what happens with that. When I think you're not, when you don't communicate. I think then you fall into this mother martyr stereotype where it's like, well, I just do all the things I just, you know, and it's, it grows with you to the point that like, that's who you are now, even when the kids are older and it's like, poor mom. Oh, yes. And it's, uh uh-huh. When you've allowed that to become your only personality. Yeah. And that's your story. Right. And, and that's kind of, that's a big thing that we're talking about here. I mean, I, there are women who have children who have, who are my age, you know, who have grown up, moved out, had their own families that will still, I know that they will still go and they'll try to, you know, one of their kids says they're, they're going on vacation somewhere. They will still go travel websites or to airline websites and try to like, find fares for them. And they try to do all these things for them. It's like, 
but I didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that, but they still, that they're still taking on the responsibility, even the role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're still taking on the role of, but I have to do this for my kids. Your kids are all grown up. Who are you? Well, and I do think one of the primary responsibilities, and this is what I always remind myself, one of the primary responsibilities I have as a mom is making self-sufficient human beings. Yeah. Is making them to be independent functioning members of society. Yes. Who don't need me to look up their travel schedule for them. Right. <laughs> you right. know, I do really think that's an important thing to remember because it's a lot different when they're young. It's, it is. And it's hard. It's like hard for me to even, you know, you say that and I immediately like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a part of me that like my throat closed up as you said that, but it's, you know what though it's true. I wish I could bring Kellen in I think he's in the basement but he reminds me every day you know he says to me have you seen him do this he looks at me square in the eyes and he goes I'm not your baby <laughs> <laughs> because he's a demon because he's no, a he demon. does all the time because he doesn't want me to treat him like a baby right and his definition is if he's not wearing a diaper then he's sure then he's not a baby right Elliot and I, in the last two weeks, he and I have had this conversation because, and I think part of it for me too, I'm trying really hard because of this age gap between my kids. There's, there's such a, a tendency for so much of my attention to be focused on the baby, right? you know, and I feel bad about that then I feel guilty, even though she's the one that needs it. But I, I want to make sure that he knows, you know, that he's loved. He knows that I'm still there for him too. And so I, and I've probably overdone it a little bit, but I'll, I'll say things like, you know, you're always going to be my baby. It doesn't, and he's like, mom, <laughs> I mean, he's I seven and he's not. like, mom, <laughs> mom, what if I'm a hundred years old? And you are, and then he's doing math. Haunt he's your like, house. Yeah. He's like, and you are a hundred. I said, and I will be 134 and I will still be calling you my baby, you know? And he, so we've had, and it's been a laugh. And so I think part of me, part of me feels like bad. Part of me is sad about this. It's like, oh, but, oh, but he really is getting bigger and he really is. But that's what he's supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's good. That's tangent but yes it's the fact that you you are supposed to be preparing your children to become functioning humans that's that's huge um it's interesting too because yes you do as a mother you have to make sure particularly if you're stay-at-home mother which i've recently become this is a new world for me i never it's an identity shift it's an identity shift very much an identity shift and i find myself if I don't get the laundry done, I find myself in a like, oh my God, like I've failed somehow or whatever, you know, it's not going to be a ding against you because maybe I didn't get the laundry done because I've had a baby that's been crying all week because she's teething, you know, right. and because there are other things that have to take priority, but it's, it is a very, it's a struggle to get through the idea that I'm, that I am enough just being a mother and being present and just getting that stuff done is the priority and is key, you know, but it, it's really hard. Well, and there's other stuff too. It's very hard to strike a yeah. balance. Like, so let's say you have a spouse that works or worse yet, I think works from home because then they're here, but then their stuff takes precedence. And even after hours, they're still allowing their stuff to take precedence. And you're running around like crazy doing everything and for everybody. Right. And let's talk about if you have a, a spouse who works in an office, but can work from home because it's a family business. The family business, I mean, as you know, in my house never leaves. It's, it's ever present. It is always, it's always there. 
you know, if at 930 at night, something happens with, <laughs> you know, with something at, at that job and he gets a phone call from somebody from the job, he's got to be the one to address it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Even the word mother has an all-purpose quality. It is not only a noun, but a verb and an adjective as well, encompassing over a dozen definitions in the dictionary involving creating, protecting, nurturing, developing, and maintaining. I think of motherhood as a constant state, motherness that pervades every sphere of my life. Even time to myself, whether work or leisure, is experienced in counterpoint to my time with my children. There is a relentlessness in motherhood that also can take its toll man it even if you like let's say work at home moms like I feel like my work is always pushed to the side because it's not an eight to five schedule I don't have if I don't have to log in by 8 a.m like other people might have to do well suddenly it's like less important right and so I'm working on Saturday nights at 11 p.m or gosh when I did um I worked for the resume firm when JR was a baby I would be like trying to turn out resumes at like midnight on the weekends because that's all I had. Right. And it's just like, it, it just more is put on you, but less hours to do it, <laughs> you know, just like work right. in your stuff. Right. And I think that's part of the invisibility, right? Like this is your primary role, take care of everyone and everything, but then your stuff, you have to be in charge of getting your stuff done when really there's no time to do it. There's none. And yeah, and I'm going through that right now. I mean, it's um, with my travel agency business, which is is up and running, but I'm still going through the training courses as well. I'm going through this training course on, you know, running a business and all of the elements of being a travel agent and all that stuff. I'm sort of, I'm doing it simultaneously. So I'm learning how to be a travel agent while running a travel agency that has no set login time, logout time. And so, and I'm home with the baby and I've got to make sure that, that she's good while I'm trying to work and while I'm trying to learn. And by the way, there's laundry and dishes piling up while my husband is at work. And wait a minute, it's already four o'clock and Elliot's walking through the door from school. I blinked and the day went, you know, that was it. And it's, it is something to get used to. Cause again, when you're not in that corporate environment and you're not, it's not something that you have a start time and an end time. And that's that there's things like even right now. So, I mean, you and I are taking some time to do this, which is great. Steve's Steve's with the kids right now. And he's also got work. He's got to do. Oh, you mean your husband is babysitting your children? Oh, do you ever get that you? one? Oh, I've gotten that. <laughs> Oh, I've gotten that. Yes, he's going to continue to father his children. Well, how nice. Oh. Steve should get a reward for what a great father. What a great father, father for that. That he watches, watches his, children. his children. We can talk about that dichotomy. That's just a society it thing. It is a society thing. Somebody actually said that to me. I was I was at the chiropractor. It was like one of my first days back at my chiropractor's office and he was home with the baby. You know, he was going to be home with her for an hour while I went to go to the chiropractor and somebody at the chiropractor's office said, "Oh, I give him a lot of credit for staying home for no. staying with the baby that he fathered <laughs> for an hour." That's okay. So I'm going to stay with her for the next 13, but yeah. that's fine. Yes, that's give your a lot job. Of that's your that's job. That's my job. That's my job. That's right. Yeah. Well, on Friday, I, I think I probably told you how I had taken Harlow and Sadie to the vet for different crazy things that they need and yeah. have to do all the time. 
And um, I'm driving home and well, Sadie was freaking out because she had a blood draw and she was like trying to pull the bandage off her leg and Harlow was throwing up in her carrier because she gets car sick and just sick otherwise we're keeping her alive on steroids. And then I get home, I shuffle her in, I take Sadie out and then I'm walking Sadie around because she had she's glandular issues. And I knew she'd have to go to the bathroom. And as she's going and I'm picking it up, I get a call from school that JR threw up in the classroom. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just like, really? My hair was still wet from the shower from hours before. And I was just like, yep, yep, this is it. And you just, yeah. The- and you become accustomed to this chaos, but it's, you're, you're psychologically sort of battered down by this and you don't even realize it you don't and it's 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 funny that you say that too the day that we brought Penelope home from the hospital the day so first of all it's I don't even know if it was a full 48 hours it was she was born on a Monday and on Wednesday we were walking walking back in our front door with our new baby and Elliot was still at school but he was going to be home in like an hour it was like okay we've got a little bit of time to settle in and all that we are walking through the front door phone's ringing it's the school hey we're monitoring him but um he's in the nurse's office right now he collided with another kid in gym class um they hit heads pretty hard so we're we just think he probably shouldn't ride the bus he should probably have an adult like watching him because you know you might want to check for concussions (laughs) oh okay that's fine and steve answers the call and he said Okay, so I'll come and get him. We're literally walking in the door with his newborn baby sister right now. And you could hear this silence. And I could hear the nurse. I'm holding the baby in the living room. I heard her from a room away go, shut up on the phone. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, it was it was just because, of course, that would happen. So Steve goes and gets Elliot, brings him home to meet his baby sister. And and of course, they say, you know, watch and see if if, you know, he gets dizzy or if he's going to throw up four and a half minutes after walking in the door, he's throwing up. OK, oh, so Steve's got to then take him to the ER, literally left the hospital with one kid with the baby and then had to turn around, went back to the ho- same hospital, <laughs> same entrance with our with our oldest yes and so that was it's like the universe said oh you wanted to be a mother (laughs) and it was yes and it and it is but it it's that's just it was like the shining example of this is how it goes this is motherhood good luck well i i jotted down a little list and this is just like what came out of my head in two minutes but when they talk about the invisible load of motherhood and what that means Mm -hmm. I think you can either listen and say, yes, sing it sister, or you can rewind the podcast to this point and just play it out loud for other family members who might need to hear it. <laughs> Here's what I'm talking yep. about. Ready? Mm-hmm. Take stack of the groceries, order the dog food, plan dinner, arrange the birthday party, get supplies for the science project, schedule the dentist, turn in the school form, communicate with all the family members, RSVP to that birthday party, get the gift for the party, put the car in the shop, plan for vacation, pack for vacation, get new clothes for the ones the kids grew out of, remove the old clothes, pack them away for charity, get the baseball team snacks, sign the field trip form, pick up prescriptions, don't forget to return the library books, get more clean supplies because the floor is dirty and oh my God, is JR's blue sweatshirt clean for blue day at school tomorrow? does he even own a blue shirt do we have to go buy a blue shirt but it you know what though 
if you don't keep that running in your head, yeah. nobody else will. I know. Nobody I else sometimes will. panic about what the state of this life would be if I were to like drive into the lake. Like what would happen? <laughs> not at hold no. on. Not on purpose. Let's just no. <laughs> no. But yeah, what happens if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? Yeah, like what on earth? And I there are families that have to deal with it and have dealt with it. Yes. And I've read about that too. Like I know that happens. I'm not making jokes no. about it, but it is wild. Yeah. The invisibility of it, meaning like that's just what happens, but also like who are you now? Yeah. Are you just the, the prepper and planner of everybody else's stuff? Because that, if you listen to that list, moms and families of these moms, not a single one of those items had anything to do with Stephanie. That was everybody else. It right. was that the kids. It else. was the birthday yeah. party. It was the, was there ever a time of like, hey, go to the gym or right. take a shower? I mean, I didn't take a shower yesterday and I forgot that I didn't take a shower until I went yeah. to bed. And I know that sounds stupid. And people will, people will say that they're like, you can't take five minutes for a shower. You know what? It's not even that I probably couldn't have taken five minutes to take a shower yesterday, but it's that I had a list as long as that, that I was worrying about everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't do those things, then they weren't going to get done, which means the shower takes a back seat or the fill in the blank, whatever the thing is for you has to take a back seat because you have to make sure that everybody else in the house is taken care of. And the invisibility factor in that too, that's, that's the constant undercurrent in my mind, constant. It's never turned off when you're a mother. It mm. never, it's never turned off. It never goes away. Sometimes it's worse if you are an anxious person and then you've got worries for people you are tasked with keeping alive. Right. And what about just like a basic, you know, so what's going on with you or what, tell me some good news or it's always everybody else's stuff. Yeah. Like you fall into that trap or that's actually what's expected. I've had people point blank tell me, oh, I don't want to hear about you. How, tell me about the kids, Unbelievable. you know? Unbelievable. So the article says compounding the built-in stress is the fact that the quiet accomplishments and delights of motherhood are just as invisible to the world around us, both for women who stay at home and those who work outside. It, it really is remarkable how, you know, that's, that's the first thing that people ask, you know, how's Elliot doing in school? How's Penelope doing? What's the new thing that she's doing? Oh, she's rolling over or she's, you know, oh yeah, Elliot, Elliot's doing really well in his math this week. And I bet the next thing they say is, and how's work, Steve? Yeah. How's the business going? Right. Sarah, how's, Sarah, the, how's baby? the baby? Steve, uh -huh. how's the business going? Right. Yeah. And it's because, well, I'm just at home. You don't have anything going on. No, no. I'm just here. I'm just doing this. This is not to say that everybody does this. I, I am blessed with some gems in my life that do stop and go, but how are you? But when that happens, I'm almost startled by it. Do you find that? Right. It's like, oh, I, um, you know, I guess I'm okay. And then that's the default answer. I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm fine. Because nobody wants to hear about all of that. Should we try to brainstorm solutions? You know, we should. I like to try to offer some sort of, oh, here's what we can do about instead it. Instead of just complaining of about just it. Like, I hate <laughs> to have an episode where we just bitch about it. And no, no, no. <laughs> Well, that we point out the fault. We're not bitching. We're pointing out. It's, we're the pointing problem. it out because it is something that people, 
you know, it's it's a very real thing. If it's happening with you and with me, I'm going to bet that probably 99% of the people that are listening to this, this is happening for them as well. It's it's but it's not something that's talked about because we're not supposed to talk about it. So, yes, I agree. We're not bitching. It, but it is it is putting a spotlight on the fact that this is this is a real and it's a universal problem. But brainstorming solutions, yeah, what can we do about this? What can we do about it, Stephanie? And I've and I've got a good point too. But yeah, you go ahead. Well, let me tell you. Okay, well, here are some things I just thought of. And again, these are not things that I think I am some champion of doing. It's just what I think might work, ideas um, from reading these articles and sort of thinking about it. So number one, I wrote, you matter because of your role as a mother, but also beyond your role as a mother. Mm -hmm. So don't allow others to put you in a box. This is where you matter. This is where your value comes from as the mom. And that that's all, that's the only way you can talk or live, or you can't talk about these other things that you do, other interests, other career ambitions, you know, don't allow yourself to be put in the box. This one I think is big. You have to demand your alone time and demonstrate to others that it matters. And not even, it doesn't even have to be alone time, even like demand your own work time. That's what I have to do around here. Like, no, I have a resume that I need to get out and it's Saturday and you guys are going to have to leave me alone to do that because otherwise it's not going to get done. So you have to demand that time and demonstrate that it matters because if you don't demonstrate that that matters, other people won't respect it. If you are always, you're just doing it quietly at midnight and never saying, no, I need time. My time matters too. Then other people aren't going to realize that it matters. And it should be something that's visible. I think I had talked about this at some point when I was a guest on on the last season, but making sure that your kids can see that you're doing this stuff, not that they have to sit there and watch you write a resume. That's not the point. But the point is you (laughs) should vocalize it. And, And maybe that is something that you do you know, while they're awake once in a while and just say that, you know what, this is the time I have to do this right now. Um, So I'm going to go in the office and I'm going to, I'm going to need an hour or, you know, two or whatever it is to do this. So why don't you guys hang out with dad? Or why don't you, you know, why don't you do this? Mom's got this. I've got to go work on this now. Because that, not only is that setting something up for yourself, that it's your time, that's setting an example for your kids that, Oh, but I can, okay, so I'm, I can do these things for me. Important for me to take care of myself. Let's break some cycles. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> break a couple cycles. Couple more ideas I had. Talk about your hobbies, your interests, your career. Make time to go do things related to those things. It lets others know that they matter and reminds you too. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I've struggled with, and I don't know if that's just because I'm still struggling, struggling with the shift of going from a full-time job to being a full-time stay-at-home mom. Um, and I did jump into this training program really fast, yeah. but, but um, finding a way to, you know, make, make this career that I'm trying to build matter as well and talking about it and talking about, Hey, this is a thing that I've learned today. This is, I, I learned how to do this today and talking about that and showing, yeah, showing people how to balance that, even though I'm learning how to do it as well. I'm not, not the expert at it, you know, maybe reverse that once in a while. Yeah. Penelope's rolling over. She's great. Did I tell you that I learned how to make a marketing funnel the other day or whatever? Flip that script. Make it about you sometimes. Another one, delegate and make people aware. Don't just do all the things quietly. It's important. 
And, you know, yeah. like you, you need to sometimes, especially if you're becoming overwhelmed, let your partner know that they need to do some of that, or, you know, you need help doing this and that. I can't do all these things and prep for the summer vacation and figure this out and who's going where to this and that. And everyone's just asking you because you're the one who keeps it all together. And something that I actually just heard not too long ago as, as a stay at home mom, and as somebody who routinely takes all this stuff on, when you get to the point, not even when you get to this point, but when it comes time to involve other people in taking care of the household duties, especially your kids, instead of saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me with the laundry? Can you help me clean up the desk? Right. Can you help me whatever? Help me with it's, my job. No, this is right. your job. This is your yes. job. I say that to JR all the time. It's your room. It's your responsibility. Yep. It's not go help mom with the laundry. Not go help mom. Nope. This is your job. This is your stuff. Go, go get your laundry and put it in the wash now. Yeah. It's time to do this. And I actually said it yesterday. I said, all right, this is an all hands on deck clean. Everybody's got to stop and take, you know, we'll put on a timer. <laughs> we'll take a half hour, go clean, whatever, you know, task, whatever you're giving them, but not help me out with this. It's time for you to go take care of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all, we all live here. We all contribute. And don't undercut your own needs or maybe just force yourself to make them a priority for you, to you, yourself. And by that, I mean, you know what I fall into is, especially right now. So it's kind of, we can't really leave Duke. He can't walk well. And if I do, I've come home from walking Sadie and found him slipping on his own pile of shit on the floor. Like that's where we're at because he can't mobilize, right? So we don't like go to dinner or all leave ever because it's unsafe to leave Duke. Sure. And then, you know, you throw in COVID and granted that's diminishing a little more, but like we weren't leaving during that. Right. We've got construction going on. We can't leave because we can't leave strangers in our house with the pet. Sadie could run out the door and all these things happen. But like Scott will leave for a work meeting. He'll go into the office or he has a dinner or this or that. Kellen leaves for preschool. Granted, I, I take him and come home. JR leaves for school, like they leave for soccer, baseball, whatever. I am always here. It, it, there is a drain. And I remember people saying this to me with a newborn, like even if you just put the kid in the car and go get Starbucks, sometimes you need to right. get out of the house. And right. there's a thing, no one realizes it, but me, because they all get out. When was the last time I actually left? And then yeah. you're like, shit, when was the last time I got out of this house? Yes. Because everyone, yeah. someone needs me here all of the time. And so you have to think about that and sort of take stock of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And now you've got me thinking, when did I last leave the house? When did, you leave, <laughs> when the did house? I leave the house? I mean, you know, and yeah. I went and there's, there's always like a, a real heart. There's like a deadline. There's a, there's an expectation, right. Of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going over to Stephanie's to, to record the podcast, but I will be home in an hour and 27 minutes. And so just well, make you're sure on a time right, class. Right. Yeah. Because your boobs are your bomb. <sighs> and that, yeah, I really am. <laughs> you know, that's a whole different that's level whole of responsibility. Other, yeah, exactly. Well, that is a whole other thing. Because, yeah, it's, fu- it's fun when your baby refuses bottles. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We should talk about that. Just a whole episode of why my boobs hurt. <laughs> why are they hurting today? Got it. 
but it is. So prioritize yourself, guys. Prioritize yourselves. And I know it's a lot easier said than done, but these are ways. I mean, just, just the idea of putting it to the forefront, understanding that you are more than just a mom. You are more than just somebody that stays home with the kids. You, who were you before you became a mom? Not that you have to go back to that. I mean, I'm not going to clubs anymore and that's fine. I've accepted that, but, but I have interests outside of my children. Don't allow others to put you in that box. Correct. Don't allow others to put you into the box and don't allow others to diminish your sparkle. (laughs) It's true though. Speaking of which, should we go on to our MDM moment of the week? Sure. Let's do that. Yes. Why don't you go first? What did you and oh God. remind everybody? What is the MDM? Okay. What are we? MDM stands for make, discover, and mantra. What's one thing you made this week that you want to talk about? One thing that you discovered or are in the process of discovering that you think maybe our listeners would like to know about. And then your mantra, your frame of thought that you want to go into the next week with. What'd you make this week? What did I make this week? So this week was a fun um, and interesting challenge for me. And I'm going back. I know I go back a lot to the business um, because I am trying to build this, my travel agency. I made a lot more. I was able to make my Instagram account into a business account. I didn't realize that there was a different, like you can actually convert an account to a business account, which is cool. So I'm learning all of these little things, but I, so I, but I converted my um, carousel dream vacations, Instagram into a business account. And essentially what that allows you to do is it allows you to see who has interacted. It's like the percentages of who interacted with your page. That's a follower of yours. Yeah. The insights. Exactly. Yeah. Which I hadn't ever seen before. So, you know, who, who interacted with your uh, page as somebody that follows you or, you know, or who doesn't, you know, who found you because of hashtags, who found you because of, yeah. So, so I, I just made that this week. That was my make this week. I made that for the business and I was very excited about it. And I'm getting, I'm, I'm having fun with the Instagram posts. So that's what I made. Follow Carousel Dream Vacations on Instagram. (laughs) Yes, please. Carousel Dream Vacations on Instagram. Click my link tree and you can uh, set up a 30 minute vacation discovery call so that we can start planning your trip to any of the Walt Disney World vacation destinations or Universal Orlando. This is something I've gotten my my specialty in as well. It's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, I don't think I made a damn thing. Did you, did you see that meme where it's like, what do you do? I do my best, Tom. I do my best. <laughs> I do Have my best, that one? Tom. No. Or it's not a meme. It's a, a reel or whatever. I, I don't feel like I've had time to make anything because it has been total chaos here. Yeah. But I did make time to see a friend last night. I went out for a drink with my girlfriend that has been my friend since second grade. Oh, look at you. So That's that was making good. a lot. Got, got out of the house. You yeah. got out of that. You made time. Yeah. You made time, which is no easy feat. That's fantastic. Uh, what about Discover? Discover. So um, so we found, I found a really fun show on Netflix. Oh. Um, it's 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 goofy. And I've, I'm always looking for things that like that we can watch together. Yeah. Have a little quick family time before Penelope goes up for a bath or for bedtime. And it's a quick one. It's like a 40 minute or so show on Netflix. And it's called Is It Cake? What? Okay. Is It Cake? And it's so much fun. So do you ever see on Instagram or Facebook or anything? It's sort of becoming a thing now where there are bakers who make hyper-realistic looking cakes 
So you've, have you seen these? And then you cut into it and it's like, oh my God, but how is it right? And that's kind of how the show is introduced. It's Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live hosts it. And that's the intro of the show. He said, this is a bowling ball <laughs> and this is cake. And I mean, you're looking at them, of course, you wouldn't know. But the whole premise of the show is just, it's these bakers. It's a baking competition. And like three of them get to bake each week. And the, the end goal, they have eight hours to complete a cake of their choice. And there's always a theme. So one week it's, you know, items you would find in a grocery store. So like one guy picked veggies, you know, like asparagus and a dragon fruit. So like, they had to make these these amazing amazing copies and the goal is to to fool the judges at the oh. end there's a panel of judges and so they'll bring out the plate of vegetables you know or whatever the bag of vegetables and th- there will be one cake amidst five you know actual things of veg and they've got to pick out which one they think the cake That's is funny. and if you can fool the judges yeah then they go on to like the next round it's really fun and it's just it's it's fine for kids it's fun it's i mean it's it's just a silly fun show is it cake on netflix that's what i discovered bakery insight those all taste like shit because not the inside necessarily but that you have to use fondant i was gonna say fondant and it's is not really yeah like those. marzipan yeah. fondant those things don't taste great yeah, they yeah, don't. So it's more about the look than the they taste. They use a lot of, they use a lot of modeling chocolate oh. too. So they try yeah. to make it. So they do try with some of them. But yeah, anytime you've got like a big flap of fondant that just gets dropped on the top, you're like, whenever I see that, because I know that from working at a bakery, I'm like, that's not going to taste good. It's a fun premise for a show. Yes. Okay. Well, this one I'm going to relate to our topic today and I will post it on our Instagram. So I listened to the motherly podcast. This was uh, number episode number five, best-selling author Eve Rodsky wants mothers to be interested in their own lives. It was a lot about the invisible load and about the, um, you know let me read you the summary because it was so good. I was listening to it and I think I sent it to you Yeah. and I sent it to Scott. And I stopped and I was like, I have to listen to this later and like take notes because I actually want to see, I'm going to try to hunt her down. But so she is the best-selling author of Fair Play, which outlines a system that helps make the invisible work of mothers visible so partners can divide domestic household tasks fairly based mm. on their own needs. She also has a new book out, Find Your Unicorn Space, and a new podcast, Time Out, a fair play podcast aimed to help people prioritize time for activities that not only fill their calendar, but also unleash their creativity and joy. In this episode, Liv talks to Eve about what led her to write fair play and become a leader in gender equity, why she wants to banish the word multitasking from our vocabulary, and why she thinks it is so important for mothers to get interested in their own lives outside of being a partner, a parent, Look at or that. a professional. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. So I will put the, the photo up. You can look it up on your podcast player. I thought it was a really, really good. Yeah. I mean, and ties exactly, as you said, directly back into what we've been discussing here today. Yes. That's yeah. fantastic. Really good. Mantra. Mantra. So I've been thinking about this one a lot, and I know it's one that gets people talk about it a lot. But to this this week has been "You are enough." Oh yeah, has been my mantra this week. Yeah. You are enough. I've been going through a lot of guilt about feeling uh, feeling like 
I've, I've divided my own time so much trying to learn business stuff, trying to get things done, trying to, you know, and so I haven't, I haven't been able to make the time like I would like to, like for my son, you know, individualize time with him or to, you know, really, really sit down and dedicate time to, to find out, you know, are you, you know, what new Pokemon did you learn about today? <laughs> oh my God, the goddamn Pokemon, you know, but it's so, and I feel bad that I like don't have the energy for these things. Cause it's, I've just been trying so hard to be everything and be on top of everything for everybody, including myself. And, and it's hard to, then do that and then somehow not feel guilty, you right. know, which is something I'm, I'm working on. Just, you are enough. What you're doing is already enough. Yeah. It's already enough. It was fine. That's all they want. Learn about the damn Pokemon. Yeah. And you should. And that's you enough. You should know and list every goddamn Pokemon. I can't even remember the, I can't remember the periodic table of the elements. You think I'm going to be able to. You mean that on I a don't... daily basis? Well, no, but I'm just in the in the grand scheme of what they taught you in school versus what you should know right in real life. We really probably should have should have shifted the other way. Yeah. Um, but but again, just point being, you are enough. It doesn't have to be a big grand gesture. Just just love your kids. Yeah, that's all they want. All right, my mantra. I'm gonna hit you with multiple and make this really complicated. Oh, so- sure. <laughs> Well, I couldn't think, I actually couldn't think of one. And then I went to, okay, I'm thinking about what are we doing this week? And um, we're going to be going on a little spring break trip. And so I was thinking, what could be my mantras for spring break? Because really what I want to do is like be able to just kind of enjoy it in the moment. And that's really hard to do when you're worried about everything and everyone else and what's going on at home and the dogs and the appointments and the everything that's supposed to be happening. Right. But I want to, sure. I want to enjoy it. So at the shine app, I pulled this link from the shine app and I'm going to post it so you guys can take a look, but these are 17 mantras to help you settle into a relaxing break. Mm. <laughs> I'll just read a few of them. It's so cool. Um, and I'll put a shot on our Instagram by taking breaks. I'm actually being more productive. The most valuable time I have is the moment I'm in right now. I deserve moments of joy and I will take time to relax and refresh. I have the power to find clarity in my own stillness. Mm. I have the power to pause, reflect, and restore. I deserve to unwind and recharge. I am deserving of happiness, excitement, and enjoying my life just reading through these, I think was cool, you know, getting in that mind frame of like, okay, because it's such a chaotic hubbub to get ready for a trip. Yes. And Scott, of course, is going to be gone up until the day that we leave. So all of the prep work of the house, the kids, the pets, the packing, all that's going to be my job. So then once you're there, can you sort of unwind? No, they're all great though. These are great. Yeah, it's advice.theshineapp.com. I will link it in the show notes, but there is also apparently an app. Very cool. Well, so there you go. There it is. You're not invisible, moms. We We see see you. you. We get it. And sometimes that's all it is. It's like other people who get it. That's true. Truly. And that's that's why hopefully you guys can take a little break in your day and listen to this. And see, that's why I listen to a lot of mom podcasts yeah. too, not just for ideas, but sometimes just for the relatability. Yeah. So, yep, we see you, mamas. We hear you. So, 
Gosh, yes. Go get it. Make your Make magic. Your magic. We'll see you, we'll next, see you time. next time. Bye, guys. Bye.